Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. Apparently I'm here. I'm on Chris. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Madam. Sorry, there's a bit of a cut out there. Again. Uh, what did you yeah. call him? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it again, shall we? Um, good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. I'm Jennifer. <laughs> uh, and we are here this evening on a listener request uh, from Lady Claire, who has asked us to cover the amazing, in some ways, not so amazing in others, uh, The Beast Must Die uh, from Amicus Studios. Um, it, was, it, it was mainly so that she had the opportunity to watch it. Because I, I described it to her, and she was, well, we've got to see that. Yes, so. absolutely. Like, how could you not, just from the description? And um, you weren't... Is she going to tell us what she yeah. thought? Oh. She said she really loved it. It was so stupid. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. This is the thing, though. Part of me feels that we're doing people a service by introducing them to horror. Then our other part of me is, like, people are just realising that horror isn't anywhere near as horrific as... It is in people's minds. Um, yeah, but then I think that's, that's part of the fun. There's plenty of people who were put off mm. um, because they don't think they're going to like it. Because mm. there's, there's, there was a really good, I think I've said about it before, but there was, um, oh, what's her name? Edith Bowman does a really good podcast, which is uh, a soundtracking. It's just called Soundtracking with Edith Bowman. Mm. And she gets, uh, she gets filmmakers in and composers and stuff like that and just talks about the soundtracks and stuff. Um, and she had an in, she had um, Jordan Peele on there, oh, no. uh, talking about like Get Out and Us and so on and so forth. <laughs> and he said, because he said to her, "Do you like horror?" And she was like, "No." And he said, "Well, what was the horror film that you watched that put you off?" And she was like, "Well, I watched The Hitcher." And he was like, "Right, so you don't like realistic, gritty." You, I mean, realistic to a point, but yeah. you, you know what I mean? You don't like something that's like a brutal horror film, like a could happen horror film, so you'd probably be okay with supernatural stuff, or you know what I mean? And it's like, and I think it's a very good point. What, what happens yeah. if you believe in the supernatural? Well, you're probably. Um, Simple. Well, it's just a documentary you're then you're watching, isn't it? It's just real. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a horror film. Uh -huh. I didn't mean that. I'm not saying our listeners who believe in the supernatural are simple. That's me being purposefully. Uh, You're controversial for effect, aren't you? I, I am controversial for effect. <laughs> um, but I'm aware that sometimes that effect is people throwing their iPhone and calling me a twat. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Still an effect. It's, it's all right. I don't. Th I don't think you're on a scale with like Piers Morgan or Katie Hopkins. <laughs> I, think, I think you're pretty okay. You know, no one's going to send a robot wasp to kill you. <laughs> Let's hope. Don't so, believe in that. Sounds. Yeah. I think you've both done. You've both done a great combo segue into what I've been watching. Oh, oh cool. Which is Leviathan Part Two. Oh, yeah, based on yes. Lee recommending, and uh, and I did like their story in it with Barry Norman, I think it was, and it gave a bad critique of Hellraiser. Yes, and then they got him down to the studio, and uh, and it was like all wanted to sort of corner him, and you know, yeah, what, what, what's wrong? Why do you like it? And then he admitted he doesn't like horror films. They're like, well, you can't, um, 
I think it's called Bible. So you can't like critique something just because you don't like it because you know it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but it's kind of funny because uh, who's the actor who played Pinhead? Oh, Doug Bradley. Yeah, and like he came out in full costume <laughs> while he was walking down the, the uh, corridor and sort of just very pleasantly guided Baron Norman to to the correct place and <laughs> very polite. <laughs> Oh, well, that's, well, that's the thing is, if you actually see Doug Bradley, he's a quintessential gentleman. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I think also climbing the stairs when we saw him, I was two stairs up, and I was still at eye level with him. It was a little bit. Uh... Yeah, he's a bit of a donker. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's not, he's not he's not bulky, but he's long. Yeah. It's like when you hold mm. your cat up. You go, <laughs> How long are you? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so what did you make of uh, of Leviathan, Chris? Yeah, so so I've watched about half of part two of it. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, like it's, it's so good seeing behind the scenes and hearing um, all the sort of things that go on. So uh, what's the name of the director who took over? Tony Randall. Tony Randall, yeah, could be. There were a lot of names, but um, yeah. Yeah, apparently he was he was sitting there on the first day of the shoot and just was terrified to come out and. Sort of, it was told, look, we're all on your side, you know, we're all in this. And, and then he came mm. out and did a fantastic job. Mm. But yeah, just there must be so much going on when you're filming. And even though, I mean, it's not obviously not the biggest film, not the biggest production required, but mm. so much, so many people involved in it still. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. Well, also, I think he was, he was kind of expecting everyone to be like mutinying. Yeah, and, yeah, and sort absolutely. of not be on Clive, uh, not be on his yeah. side because it was like he was replacing Clive Barker. But, yeah, you know, everyone was pretty much no, you're not, you're not replacing Clive Barker, and actually, you were the one who was pretty helpful in getting the first one done. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I do love uh, his relationship with Pete Atkins, the scriptwriter, uh, where to this day they're both like, oh, you know, he's a lovely man, he's an arsehole, he's an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just sort of like going on about um, uh, well I still haven't forgiven him because he changed the name of the doctor from uh, what was it he wanted Malahide to Chenard and uh, he's like well you know I mean this is, this is the reason why the films don't work on it did you watch anything else Chris or is that all that's, I mean don't get me wrong I'm not you know not making light of that that's a lot to have caught up with in a week yeah, the Leviathan's yeah. A, a huge undertaking. It is a big old chunk of a documentary. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, so that's it. That is everything this week. Excellent. Well done, though. Thank you very much. It's nice that you have uh, that you enjoyed the film enough to, to follow it through. And yeah, I think that the second film is definitely definitely worth checking out as well. Yeah. Um, Without a shadow of a doubt, Hellbound. And if you're really interested, three and four as well, but... After that, you can you can jump ship because. Don't you feel like you should complete them though once you're that far? Just because. Yeah, I did, but I did it so you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I I mean, I really love five, but I I recognise that it is not <laughs> popular, and <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a Hellraiser film. Mm-hmm. I think I just like the film, but yeah, it's not really. I don't love it because it's a Hellraiser film. Yeah, if if you get my meaning, it's like it's. Sort yeah. of, I don't love it in the way I love Hellraiser, mm. or like Hell or Number Two or anything, you know. So, because uh, yeah, it's just 
Exactly. And then we had a stroke of luck that they were showing in the week. Yes. On uh, uh, on the Horror Channel. Yes. Who I discovered do have an Instagram page and it hasn't been updated since 2016. Oh, that's... Wow. So, I, so I tagged them in it, but... <laughs> Who knows? Um, Adam, what else have you been watching since last week? Uh, well, I've managed. To, uh, well, I've, I've I've watched one one thing. I'll be I'll, I'm continuing with the Mandalorian, oh, so yeah. which I'm still I'm still I'm st- I'm still enjoying. I might have got to the point where it starts getting to the formula because mm. uh, of like the first three episodes of the real setup. Yeah, uh, but now I think I've done the first one where it's basically. Right, so what this is going to be is this is now going to be the Incredible Hulk or Highway to Heaven or the A Team yeah. where you just turn up, help the village, and then go on. And then clear so, off. Yeah. So I kind of, but you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in, enjoying it. And um, the other was a recommendation from uh, a, a respected colleague of mine, Chris, hmm. is I watched uh, Nothing Really Happens. Ah, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Fucking hell, man, that's great. (laughs) Basically, I wanted to watch it, so I stuck it on. Claire was, uh, Claire's quite happy, you know, if if it's not a film that interests her or anything, she just sits there and plays Sims. By the end of it, we're both watching it. Claire got drawn in fairly quickly (laughs) as well. Um, But yeah, that is really just great. Um, If you've not seen it, Lee and Jennifer, do, do take Chris's recommendation. Because it's, it's I don't know, it's like a, it sort of borders into the territory of something like uh, Primer or Pi or oh. Mega Time yeah, Squad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, so I can comment on Pi. Definitely elements of of that. But but if done by say Clark's era, yeah. uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, it's 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 a, it's primarily a funny film. Mm. Uh, but it has just a strangeness to it and shit goes down and and um, I mean I'm glad that Chris didn't say any further so I'm not going to go much further with it but for anyone who likes a good strange bit of quirky Mm. unusual and it's one of those yeah Claire Claire said you know it, it draws you in Mm. You know, because by the end of it, we, you're you know, wondering Claire, where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean yeah. that was the thing. Is Claire? I I received an amazing comment, uh, a compliment rather from Claire, which was uh, uh, she said to me, do you, "Right, so do you know what's going on?" <laughs> and I went, "No," and she said, "You know, most people say no." I said, "I said I've no idea," and she said, "You know, most people say that a different way to you because you say it with a big smile on your face." <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, yeah, but that's how I do, I do, you know, I like a film that I couldn't predict. Mm, yeah. And yeah. yeah, and that's definitely one of them. So yeah, definitely well worth watch. And just yeah, you and also the main guy really looks like Darnie. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Again, so you know, it's another one for the Darnie followers out there. Nice. Excellent. I shall check that out. So I did make a note of it last time, but as you've both liked it so much. It's mm. definitely going on the list, I think. Top of the list now, um, then. Because yeah. I checked it, I think I just checked the trailer for it because I was intrigued because Chris didn't say mm. any more. Mm. And the trailer didn't give enough away, but it was it didn't give anything away. But again, it was like, right, now I really do have to watch this because this is just going to sit in the back of my head if I don't. So, 
Excellent. Um, we were planning on watching one from a previous one, which is currently top of our watch list. So we were this afternoon going to watch Dreamland. Oh, yeah. Um, until, because I managed to get hold of a copy, until Jennifer suddenly reminded me, uh, we're doing The Beast Must Die tonight and we haven't actually watched it. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, no, we haven't. Yeah. Just, yeah, I kind of forgot to watch this evening's movie. You did. Which would have yes. been a very absent-minded thing to, to turn up and go, well, I've not watched it, but yeah. let's talk about it. Because I saw it a year ago, I'm sure I remember something. But yeah, here are my impressions of <laughs> you know from shattered memory. Um, but we did watch, uh, so we did go back the next night after we recorded last week, and we did watch Hellbound. Um, cool. Yeah, I still really enjoy that film. It really holds up for me. It's um, they go for m- such a massive undertaking compared to the first one. Like the first one is mm. fairly small scale and fairly. <laughs> It's yeah, contained. so it introduces a sort of proper Hellraiser, but based around, like I think Adam said, based around the family sort of drama almost. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. Situation. But then Hellbound really expands yeah. the and world. Yeah, you into their domain and shows you everything that's... Yeah. Because it's kind of interesting, because I know that you and Jennifer, I mean, obviously the film we're doing next is a rewatch that you and Jennifer did. Yeah. And again, I think it's those sort of, it's weird that you guys have been watching a lot of stuff where it's that sort of domestic setup, like a, a, a small story within a family or something like yeah. that. And that kind of is what Hellraiser is with, yeah. with hell on the side. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go into Hellbound and actually get, you get to see more of what that was. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, next week's film is a very similar it is it, it is a lot just about a, a kind of family unit mm. and things suddenly become as it turn out to not quite be what they are on the surface but uh but yeah so very similar actually yeah but that's mm. a good point is it all a dream no always, always. I, if i watched the just, film just like dallas <laughs> if i got to the end and it was all a dream i wouldn't recommend it to you because i'd be so angry yeah i'd uh yeah but it is called Dead Dreamland. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Dead End um, is a great film. And then the ending pisses it away with it was a dream. <laughs> and I don't care if I've spoiled that for people because I think <laughs> that, that's it's not film, It's not a big spoiler, is it? Really? it? Well, it's a big spoiler in so much as it's like when you watch the film, it's, it's such a cop-out, I think. That's the trouble with it is you're just like, where is this going? Where is this going? This is really fucking weird. This is really unusual. The, me and Dean are sitting there watching that guy and this is like the best thing ever. Why is mm-hmm. no one, why is no one obsessed over this film? And we got to the end and it's like, oh, that's why. No. Because they oh. wanked up the ending. No. Oh, see, I didn't remember that bit. I didn't remember that it's all a dream. No. But the rest of it's great. The rest of it is a genuinely great, creepy Turn it film. off 10 minutes before the end. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Write your own ending. That's oh, what we do. We do like choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Answers yeah. on a postcard to what happened at the end of yeah. Dead End, a film from maybe twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. So let's jump into this evening's main uh, topic: the Beast Must Die from nineteen seventy-four. Uh, it's an Amicus production. I, I realise actually this is our. Second Amicus film. It's our second Charles Gray film. 
Um, and I believe it's our second werewolf film. Oh, it's our third. No, third. Yeah, American Werewolf in London. Oh, we did watch American Werewolf in London. I think it's our fourth. Oh, fourth. Actually. Yeah. Because we did the Wolf Man way yeah, back Wolf in episode Man. three oh, God, or yeah, one, we two, did. three. Yeah, as you can tell, Dog I just came up with all those things yeah. on the hop. I didn't do any research or anything. <laughs> I was literally just sitting here waiting for Jennifer to come and sit down to start recording. And I went, oh, mm-hmm. it's a good one. I'll go with two. <laughs> it's our third Charles Gray as well. Because oh. we've done mm-hmm. uh, Devil Rides Out and Rocky Horror. Uh, so, yeah, yes. yeah, so that's bullshit, yeah. everything so, I just yeah. said. There's a surprise. <laughs> Don't listen to Please anything I said. Comments below if you would like to. Uh... <laughs> what a wanker. Right. So, Beastmaster, I'm not going to let it spoil the Atmos because it's still a good film. Um, so, just to run through the, very, the story very quickly and briefly, um, a big game hunter invites a group of celebrities to his house, uh, celebrities and friends to his house for a weekend, um, convinced that one of them is a werewolf uh, and he's determined to kill one. And then he takes them into his house and holds them all hostage, effectively, (laughs) Mm. uh, until he kills one of them. Uh, So that's the setup for the movie. That's Uh, what you can do if you have enough money. Yeah. yeah, and you're an absolute dick. I don't know why they made him such a bad anyway. I'm getting away from it. That's it. Um, but if he was poor and you tried to do all that, no way. Yeah, no, you'd never get away with it. No. You invite him around your flat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> invite him to your caravan. Be a bit yeah. easier though. You'd On all be one room in your bed set. <laughs> That's true. Right, right, whoever turns into you the wouldn't devil. need the elaborate. And he would still only end up with one silver bullet because it's all he could afford. That's it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that is is something, you know, not wishing to jump around. But when he is spraying with a machine gun, Uh, fucking silver bullets, you're like, how fucking rich are you? Yeah. You know, admittedly, you're firing from your helicopter, so you're you're fucking rich. This is the thing I said to Jennifer. I was like, I was a big game hunter. It's supposed to be, you know, like... Don't get me wrong, I don't agree with big game hunting. Mm. I know it's supposed to be an element of, you know, one-on-one. Against, mm. yeah. and it's like At the point at which you have covered every square metre of your land with cameras and sound equipment, and you've got a machine gun and you're shooting from a helicopter, that's not fair sport. That's just been a knob. But he is more of a winner than a sportsman, I would say. Yeah. He likes to win. I like that. I yeah. like that, Chris. That is a good, good point. And, and just take it further, though. Do do other game hunters, do they really make it into a sport or do they sort of feign that element? I think yeah, there's an element. I, I think it's half and they, half because... Are they definitely in danger? No. Well, no, because they've got a fucking gun. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you, if, you, if you fight a lion with just long nails and you've sharpened your teeth, <laughs> That's, that, is that was gun. a fair fight. Yeah. But yeah, if you've got a gun, that's kind of you know, the, unless it, you give the, the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's more the skill no, element the of it. I mean, <laughs> nobody class themselves a big game hunter if they just put a landmine down and then piss off for a fortnight <laughs> and come back and see if they blew something up. Like they've got to be there for it. You know what I mean? I think it's. So I are they there, it. or are they like you know, three hundred meters away? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like I believe that they believe there's an element of skill. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. there is. But yeah, in a hell of a so That's what I, that's what I liked about computer. Predator. I felt like he did have a lot of gear, but he was still, you know, or, or was he taking a risk? I don't know if he was in the end, actually. I, I was think, it just I that think, 
the humans became awesome, or one of them did. <laughs> I, th- I think he just messed with Arnie. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's probably... <laughs> you know, that's, that's the problem there. That is like picking on the wrong lion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, see, this is the thing: is you never, you never see a big game hunter like take the rifle off and then just lamp the lion <laughs> in a swamp. You know, so maybe there is that to it. I don't know. It's interesting you've brought up Predator though, Ooh. because uh, Calvin Lockhart, who plays Tom Newcliffe, the big game hunter and mm. billionaire businessman and all-round knob. Um, <laughs> Also, that as as Claire said, that is a lot of PVC, you know, and, and rubber outfits. You know, well, he said there was a line where he said, "Do you want me to keep filming in their bedrooms?" And he said, "No, I'm not a voyeur." He then took his shirt off and put on a PVC like yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> you're not a, you're not a voyeur, but you are a pervert. I bet you like his dressing gown though. I, like, I liked his shirt as well. The one yeah, I thought so. I knew that would be the case. It. And his house, yeah. he was all over his house. When you... mm. Everything about him, apart from him. <laughs> but but he, um, he's, uh, I was like looking into what he'd been in. Uh, he is King Willie in Predator 2. There's no killing what can be killed. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So I was dead impressed oh, with that. Uh, he's Reggie in Wild at Heart. He's the electrician in Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me, which I can honestly say is much the, is is the same scene in which Jurgen Proch now was a woodsman. So neither of them have got fucking dialogue. Oh. It's like David Lynch just basically called in a favour, and they all just sit in the background while the dwarf and Bob talk about a four mica table. But that's what you can do if you're David Lynch, I think. Um, but also, he was in. He was later in a, a black exploitation movie called "Let's Do It Again," mm. and his character was called Biggie Smalls, <laughs> and that's where Notorious B.I.G. got the name from. Oh. And I didn't realise this, but actually, the reason he's called Notorious B.I.G. he wanted to be called Biggie Smalls, but the makers of the film like held out on copyright mm. oh. infringement and everything, so he went with Notorious B.I.G. But everyone just called him Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Um, but so he's he also having... fantastic in, in this. So, yeah. as someone who I've not particularly seen in anything else, he was outstanding in this. Mm. He really is, and he's he's sort of. It's just, I said to Claire, there's a film, there's a different horror film in this, in that you could remake this without a werewolf. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, he thinks there's a werewolf and you're stuck in the house with the nut bastard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to get onto the fact that he's essentially a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's okay. just quite a polite one. I, think they're all I don't polite. think he's that polite. <laughs> well, no, well, he's, he's got a large vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you make of it, Chris, having sat through it? Well, I would say sat through it for the first time, but you did phone me up panicked 20 minutes in and go, Lee, um, I've seen this. Have we covered this previously? And I made a mistake. I was like, no. I, like, I was trying to put it all together. I was thinking, I don't watch much horror. I'm sure I should remember having decided to put this on, but I can't remember doing that. I, I can tell each scene as it comes up. And yet it's a bit hazy, so it can't have been recent. Was it all a Yeah, and I was thinking, but I do not remember us ever posting it or talking about it. And so Mm. where could it be? And then Lee figured out it was very likely that Jennifer put it on once when we were away on holiday. 
So, yeah. yeah, so Maggie was on our previous Amicus episode. Mm. Oh, yeah. We did, oh, yeah. Yes, so when Jennifer went up there, she took the Amicus box set with her and mm. watched the Beast Must Die. So we think that's possibly where you that saw it. would explain it, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, like it is very entertaining, and I, I was slightly concerned that I wouldn't fully enjoy the dialogue. But actually, I think there's something very, uh, uh, you know, you just want to keep watching for the actor that we were just talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin Lockhart really. Calvin Lockhart yeah. does um, make uh, make that make this. Yeah, and and even and, from the and start, plus he's surrounded by. A, a, a very small cast of really fucking good actors. Yeah, yeah, really yeah solid definitely. Cast, I mean, you know, Peter Cushing can do no wrong. Yeah, um, no. And this is excellent. Well, his accent, I mean... I, uh, <laughs> he, okay. he, he apparently listened to tapes of... Uh, I think I think he's meant to be Austrian rather than German, but he, yeah, he listened to tapes to try and perfect the accent. I know that. Mm. Um there, it, it does wobble. But, but even that. so, still, you could just watch him getting an accent wrong and it's still fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just believe he came from a weird village. Yeah. <laughs> You're making you know, maybe... excuses in his backstory for why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he learned English off of a strange, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. strange maybe... channel that was really broadcast elsewhere. So. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it'd been bedded down. It'd been bedded down in East London before that. He was yeah. in the south of France. He picked up the accent. Uh, yeah, he's been all over the place looking for werewolves. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like but, yeah, so <laughs> but, but just watching from the start, that, that opening sequence where you don't know what's going on, but obviously it gives mm. the impression that he's being chased and going to be killed. The and man. then he arrives at this mansion, and yeah, it all turns around. And then I. Um, I did like the twists that they had because obviously you're supposed to be trying to figure out who the werewolf is mm. now I didn't figure it out no <laughs> I don't know is is it possible to mm, I think before? they a little bit I, with this. I thought you know because that is kind of the point of the twist which I guess we're going to give away mm. uh, well uh, I think we will after a certain point. I think if we keep the twist until the end, and then anyone who hasn't seen it will either be convinced or not. Okay, yeah, so I tried to say what I liked about it then without <laughs> mentioning the things that I liked too much. Charles um, Gray, Michael Gambon, um, the most amazing hat. That, that was the thing I was going to say, sorry, just now when you were saying about him chasing him in the forest and then he runs out onto the grass and suddenly he's in front of Borley Rectory. Uh, it, that yes. really looked like Borley, that house. Yeah, it's a nice house where, where that mm. it's, it's taking place. Mm. And I think, I think, to be honest, although there is the, although there is the, 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 the guessing game, the werewolf break, um, mm. which incidentally the producer admitted that he ripped off of uh, William Castle. Uh, in Homicidal, there's the fear break where it was like, do you dare to stay to the end? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so he basically ripped it off of William Castle because he just thought William Castle... It was um, uh, Amicus, uh, the producer, Milton Zabotsky. And uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, I'll just rip that off William Castle because I thought William Castle was a genius. 
I love Zabotsky just because he is just so honest. He's like, oh, yeah, I love these films because they don't cost shit and they make a fortune. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically all of the reason he's in it at all. Yeah. But I think, I don't, I don't know if it, it, I don't think it works like, say, Agatha Christie. No, I was going to no. say that. <laughs> she wouldn't have been allowed to get away with it because there's rules, very set rules. Apparently when you write crime, you know, mm. you have to follow the rules. And she did get a little bit in trouble for the one where she made the narrator turn out to be the killer at the end of it. Mm. Oh, right. Got, okay. so, ooh, that's breaking the rule. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, this would have been breaking the rules. I think she didn't quite, yeah, wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah, because I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything laid out. And basically, no. and everyone, uh, everyone's backstory is basically, well, wherever you go, loads of people talk it, <laughs> you know. So. This is something I wrote down as well. I was like, right, so why does he think there's only one? They all sound like werewolves. He's locked himself in a house full of werewolves. What a belling. There's a third a version of the film I'd like to see. <laughs> all your friends happen to be werewolves. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. So only one of them is his friend. Mm. And I think the others are kind of celebrities to some Yeah, because... Davina is a friend of his wife. Yep. Um, uh, Kush is the um, like, is like the, the world's authority on yeah. on werewolves. Mm. Um, Yan is a famous pianist, like Michael Gambon. Yeah. Um, Paul Foot is a disgraced doctor who once ate flesh at medical mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I can't even remember what Charles Gray's character is. I think he's just a businessman, isn't he? Or something. I think I uh, yeah, remember. so it did seem like part of his entourage or whatever all disappeared in mysterious circumstances. Yes, yeah. So, but yeah, so I think everyone's, although Yan knows Davina. So there's a link there, but I think, yeah, I think pretty much everyone's either aware of each other or whatever, but it's, they're, they're, I don't think they're actually like friends of his mm. that he's invited over. He's probably not got close friends or such, I would have thought the way, you know. <laughs> no, not the way he carries on. No. No. But I do, I do like, I, and I have to say, I do think that um, uh, he, the, the, uh, Caroline, his wife. My God, is that a masterclass in really? Yeah. <laughs> because she just has a series of exasperated expressions of not this shit again. Yeah. And for fuck's sake, leave it. She's like, like, it's like, I have to put up with this morning, noon and night. You tit. Yeah. You're going to make a fucking burp of yourself and I'm washing my hands of it. Probably that like, is... yeah, last month, you know, it was vampires. Yeah. The month before <laughs> that, it was ghosts yeah. Yeah, and Gilman. zombies. And... Yeah. <laughs> but she, and again, as you say, she kind of understates it. So that's what I like about her performance is she isn't, apart from when she has her occasional, you know, throwing a yeah. stick at a mirror. Like, <laughs> she plays it all pretty calm. But yeah, she has just got that, oh, for fuck's sake, look yeah. that she just pulls out. Even if she's just in the background, she just pulls that look out of the bag. And uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think she does. She she does it. Uh, she does it really well. Um, she, that that actress is uh, Marlene Clark, and she plays Ganja in a film called Ganja and Hess that I've been meaning to see for years, hmm. which is 
I don't, I don't think to describe it as a black exploitation vampire movie is correct. It's just basically a black vampire movie. Okay. And I think it's sort of slightly more respectable than the label black exploitation would give it. Yeah. But it's sort of, yeah, I think, because uh, I mean, the reason that this, the reason this became a sort of black exploitation movie, essentially, because essentially it's Shaft versus a werewolf, yeah. um, is because of the success of Blackula. And again, Milton oh, Zabotsky's like, because originally, uh, originally it was a short story. Um, and Milton Zabotsky again was like, sort of, well, Blackula's big. Why don't we, yeah, we'll put a, well, well, let's make the big game Hunter Black. And that was literally it. Oh, it was. See, that's sad. Because yeah. it was me thinking, you know, being quite clever, especially for the time, with, as we said at the start, you're meant to think he's like the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you go, oh, actually he's rich and he, you know, so yeah, he owns all of this, yeah. Clever sort of twist. They wasn't them. <laughs> well, in a, in a weird way it is, but it's like, I can't remember which film it is, but there's like, I think it was uh, like Alien, for example, was scripted genderless. Oh, okay. And then they just decided who would be played, uh, who would be a man and who mm. would be a woman. And I think in a similar way, if they'd have gone at this as immediate, I think it would be more cringy and feel less modern yeah. if they'd have, you know, if a bunch of white script writers had just gone, right, we're going to write this about a black fella, but he's a rich yeah. black fella, whereas mm. they just wrote a rich guy, yeah. which again, you know, there's no sort of, and in a way, there is no positivity to it as well, because it's like, no, he is a rich businessman and he's a knob as rich businessmen would be, yeah. <laughs> you know, or big game hunters would be. He is a, bit of a psycho and a bit of a dick yeah. so and it's a it's a good role to have i think mm. um but yeah she's she has got a bit of a by the looks of it she's got a bit of a, a backstory with lots of horror stuff of varying degrees of success like andrew <laughs> s is quite is considered quite a classic but she's also in night of the cobra woman which is somewhat less so i would believe um and um, <laughs> she she is in she is in Enter the Dragon as well though, which is just immediately cool. Oh, is she? So, nice. Yeah, I think she, I think she's only got a, like a, a, she's only got like a small role in that, but yeah, she is in Enter the Dragon. I've not seen that in years now. Oh, such a fantastic bloody film! Yeah, but I think the problem is I got into Bruce Lee through a film called Way of the Dragon, which was the only one I afraid. So for me, Way of the Dragon is always the the pinnacle. Of yeah. And he gets yeah. quite Chuck Norris, so like... That's true. Mind you, if you watch Enter the Dragon now, you watch Enter the Dragon and it is just basically, he is, uh, he's Bruce Bond. Oh. <laughs> it's, essentially, it's essentially a Bond movie, but like, you know. With Kung Fu, no? Yeah, uh, which is also the man with the golden gun, but that's another story. Because that was like, you know, that was just when they went through, much the same as this, when they went through that period where what's big? black exploitation, right, we'll do Live and Let Die. Right, what's big now? Kung Fu movies, right? We're doing a, uh, do, um, is it Man with the, yeah, Man with the Golden Gun where they've got like the, uh, uh, judo school or the karate school and stuff like that, yeah. So. Is it Charles Gray again? Yes. Yeah. More Charles Gray. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very good in this, but I mean, he is, you've booked him as Charles Gray. Oh, yes. And he, he's yeah. full on Charles Gray in this as well, which I, uh, I very much appreciated. Yeah, it's nice to get a bit of grey. So, um, now, Fifty shades of him I like. 
this is probably a good time to bring this up. Now, this is going to be a controversial point, I think, uh, especially with you, Adam. Um, the music in this film just put me <laughs> off. It's, my, it's the only thing I don't like about it, but I've just written terrible 70s music, and then next to it I've written Sweeney. Yeah. It is just the music from the Sweeney all over it, it and I don't it, like Sweeney, so that's... It is very much, but it's not even good. It's not even good one. That's the trouble with it as well. Is I think it's again a bit of an afterthought where it's like, well, hang on, this is meant to be black exploitation. We better have some wild wild guitars on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, you could have probably just done because because weirdly enough, I, I didn't realise how there's not much music in it. No. But as soon as a vehicle is involved, oh, there's yeah. music. It's like Grand yeah, Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought it was partially just to make it a bit less serious. Oh, I don't <laughs> think that's what they were going for. No. I think they were going for, wow, this is, this is the big car chase. Mm. Yeah. Because at one but, point, know. I just thought, oh, is this Pink Panther? Because it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, there was yeah. a bit, and I was just like, what? Yeah. Didn't really work. But no, I don't... Because Amicus used a lot of this type of, um, like that big brass sound in a lot of their stuff, and it kind of works. But in this, for some reason, it just, it just oh. didn't for some reason. I, really I don't know. To be honest, I don't even know if it's. I don't know whether it's library stuff or whether it's actually composed for it. Hmm. But yeah, a lot of it doesn't really, doesn't really fit that well. No, hmm. definitely. In, in a curious way, because I think because. I think at heart you've got to remember is it is it is a, a horror, but like its intention is as a werewolf movie, mm. and I think they've gone for a surface level thing with it, which doesn't necessarily pay off. Because mm. even you know, uh, you, there's ways of doing it which would still, you know, would be you could still have dramatic music over the car chases and stuff like that, but I don't think it's that dramatic. It's more sort of like. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it doesn't really need a da 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 because there's no one who's quite da 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 in it. Oh, Everyone's a bit more sort of. Uh... It's one guy in a Merc and a bloke in a Land Rover, and they're driving in the middle of the country on his private estate where there are no other cars, and they're just driving across country. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't need it's not all Dukes this. Of hazards. Yeah. There's no yeah. rats <clears throat> coming up. There's no police trying to cut them off. No, no, it's just two people driving it's, around in the countryside. I was like, it just doesn't, I don't get it. Is it, is it how Tom sees himself, though, in his mind? Mm, so you could be he's right. A, he's a serious know. action, yeah. you know, he is... Yeah, the, he thinks, yeah, because he believes, him, he's believing his yeah. own hype. That's the music he hears in his head when he's... Ah. Yeah, it's the same reason why he's dressed up like Diana Rigg in The Avengers. <laughs> yeah. like leather cat suits and stuff. She definitely pulls it off far better than he does. <laughs> I've heard that. Oh, why do I set him up like this? I don't know. Okay. So Chris, is this the music you hear in your head then at different times? <laughs> it depends. What, what am I doing at those times? Driving. <laughs> anytime you drive over 27 miles an hour, yeah. is that what you any, <laughs> Anytime you're doing donuts in a quarry claiming it's <laughs> like your 12-acre estate. <laughs> you're taking the kids' car seats out the back and you're going yeah. in your people carrier. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I was going to say, though, um, is that definitely the only bad thing? Because... 
I'm not sure <laughs> that I can totally get on board with the wolf. Oh, oh come on. It's the cutest wolf you've ever seen. Yeah. I thought, I thought <laughs> it's an outsider. Yeah, yeah, but... Big ass uh, dark yeah. house, I, <laughs> but I just, I definitely prefer like Dog Soldier or Werewolf in London, Werewolf. Yeah, like a full on, not just yeah. a real wolf, but like an actual nasty, horrible yeah. hybrid. Yeah, because he, when he looks through the window at Parvel, like the security mm. guy, that is a happy doggo. Oh, yeah, he's got his little like tongue his in, tongue's know, lolling out. And he's what you they, oh. yeah. so is this down to budget again then? Is this the sort of Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty much what happened. I think they, they've got, you know, they've got a Mercedes, they've got a Land Rover, they've got a helicopter, they've got a yeah. shit ton of guns. They blow the helicopter up as well. How can they afford the yeah. that's helicopter? It. They lost all their budget and they went, ah, oh, oh, wolf. <laughs> so someone said, I've got, a, I've got an Alsatian. Someone else said, I've got a fur coat. <laughs> so, because the the Alsatian, whose name was Sultan, Ooh. which no, is a great name, because name. you you can you can hear the 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 owner with that one, can't you? Sultan, heel, Sultan. So, but um, yeah, and he is just apparently he was a very sweet natured little uh, well big, little big dog, um, but yeah, they covered it, they wrapped him in goat fur. That's why he's got like a big mane. <laughs> to make him look slightly bulkier, mm. but I mean his tail is wagging when he's oh. attacking <laughs> when he's attacking the uh, helicopter pilot. <laughs> and I, use, I use attacking quite wrongly there because he's just giving him a lick. Oh. <laughs> um, it's funny because when you said, "Is that your only problem, Chris?" I thought you were going to bring up the terrible science that uh, Peter Cushing <laughs> is spewing <laughs> over dinner about. Well, you know. People can still be werewolves because uh, lymph glands lymph, in your neck. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> we don't use these anymore. But uh... <laughs> I, like, I, think, I think we do. And yeah. I don't think it makes you a werewolf. Um, <laughs> They're quite vital, Pete. Yeah. I don't know where you went to medical school. <laughs> but, uh, well, well that strange town right? where yeah. they all speak funny. <laughs> you know what? I think most people who go to medical school are probably eating human <laughs> flesh. You've got access to it. Curiosity is going to get the better of you. It's when you're all in your drinking too much phase. If you go to medical school and don't eat a part of a corpse at some point, then I think you're wasting the money that I've been paying in taxes. Mm. Well, I think you've got a fair yeah. point there, actually. So, so potentially the science is, is quite bad, but it just <laughs> didn't seem to matter too much. Like it's it's <laughs> one of those where I wasn't set up for any real expectation. And I just kind of liked his unfolding story and how it... it it was allowing them to do the tests and then why didn't that test work? Well, because they might have some sort of varnish or something that yes. we can do nowadays. No, and it's like, hand. okay, yeah. yeah. You know, sort of quaint scientific. Do you think they came up with all the tests and the, the you know, what they were going to shoot in the film first and then went, hmm, we now need to find some science that will put all this together. <laughs> A Apparently, the short story that it's based on mm. goes into the sort of science with a similar sort of rigour, mm. but also, you know, in the end, slightly, well, it's slightly bizarre because obviously it's not actually science. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but from what I gathered, like in the short story, they sort of, everything gets disproved 
Ah. So it's kind of like silver doesn't work, or you, you know what I mean. It's like sort of it, it goes along that way. Whereas I think this is just stuck more to, you know, that this is stuck to the classic stuff that yeah, silver will burn them. It only occurs on a full moon, etc. Mm. Um, I yeah, heard the wolfsbane uh, pollen. Is that part of the normal canon of werewolves? Wolfsbane I- is, but that, hence the name. Yeah, mm. but the pollen but, element isn't something I've ever. And then no, uh, okay. in conjunct, silver only works in conjunction with mm. wolfsbane mm. on a full moon. I've never heard them put together quite like that before. No. Um, I mean, you know, it's not. It's as plausible as the rest. As of anything it. else in this <laughs> movie. I think Claire Claire was just really pleased with how neatly the wolfsbane was labelled. <laughs> yeah. in the greenhouse yes you know and it's like well yeah. you know you've you've got res- you've got respect a man who's uh who's, bot- who's you know up on his botany so. <laughs> to be fair he's got servants he's probably got a gardener yeah. as well yeah. yeah you'd have to for an estate that size you know it's unmanageable isn't it really all that undergrowth <laughs> talking to people who work for him though the person i felt sorry for as we've mentioned previously was the helicopter pilot who was attacked by the the wolf um hmm. So it's attacking him. He is trying to shoot the wolf over the man's shoulder and is firing so wildly, he blows up that helicopter. I don't think his shot's as good as he thinks it is <laughs> that he can shoot a wolf while it's attacking a man. I would have shit in my pants even further had I been that helicopter pilot, I think. See, I'm beginning to suspect that maybe this is the case. Maybe his big game hunter thing is a bit more like, well, you, yeah, you, you hunted that elephant but in a fucking Sherman tank. <laughs> you know, I think he might be just a, a bit of an arse. And, and similarly, when, I mean, like, the, the whole security system they've got set up, I mean, we did have a good laugh about the microphones that can hear footsteps up to a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> well, why do you need so many then? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And that massive one that he doesn't notice and then yeah, suddenly it's... right next to yeah. it as it's poking him in the face and it's the size of a 1950s, like the old shell one. Well, yeah. the size of a 1970s mic, I imagine. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's right. like the, um, and the security cameras in the trees. Mm. Mm. I do like that conversation that he has with... Um, Bullfoot about the where he's saying to him, Oh, I, I noticed that your trees are sprouting cameras. It's like, a long well, it time to cultivate. cultivate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, the, I mean, and again, we won't move into spoilerific territory, but just to say that obviously the survivors of this film, he sent all the servants away, the helicopter's been blown up, and mm. that knob has chucked everyone's distributors' caps yes. in the lake. The keys in the lake and taken the distributors' caps off as well. Isn't yeah. It? I know, everything. So I just, I don't get, like, take them off, put them in a bag, put them somewhere. I don't get why he threw them in the lake. I don't he why. is the true horror of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Belling. And, Absolute and belling. Having also made the statement that you, what is it, you can walk for 12 miles before you get off my estate or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, and the, the people who survive at the end, I would be, I'm not sure about them walking 12 miles any bloody where. <laughs> yeah. You know. But, and I, I like the fact as well that there's, I like the fact that this um, uh, Parvel, the security uh, guy that he's hired in, I love how 
sort of matter of fact he is with him where it's like, right, yeah, you're paying me money and I've set all this up for you. By the way, you're a nutter because yeah. werewolves don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just, a, I think that's quite a nice, that's, again, that's not a, quite a nice relationship in so much as I'm taking your money, but I'm not respecting you for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you wouldn't, would you, really? No. Um, and then it looks at you through the glass panel. And you, you shake get... it through a glass panel. Yes. Just take, uh, the wolf takes out your eyes and uh, smashes up the console. Mm. But he's a wild beast. But the thing that made me laugh is he runs to that gun cabinet full of all of those massive hunting rifles and he picked up that tiny little Saturday night special and I was like, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Like, get the dirty great rifle. Why are you taking that? You've not got to hide it in your sock to get it past security. Yeah, get the biggest gun there is. Was he? Thought he was safe. Oh, yeah. No wonder he got his eyes sucked out. He's an idiot. That guy, Anton Differing, who basically made a career of being Nazis. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> might be his thick German accent, possibly. Um, he is he's one, of a, he's one of a number of people in this film who are Doctor Who alumni. Because his last ever role, he was in Silver Nemesis playing a Nazi. So... <laughs> They weren't allowed to call them Nazis, though, for some reason, so they had to be referred to as paramilitaries. And it's like, yeah, like all those other old paramilitaries who <laughs> live in South America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know, we know what you mean. But um, he has the distinction of being in Jerry Lewis's The Day the Clown Cried, which I don't know if you've oh, ever heard of this. Oh, I have. Yeah, and fuck me, Jesus Christ. But basically, yeah, the, uh, a lost movie. Yes. Um, because uh, everyone just realised it was absolutely horrifying. And it was just... a terrible idea to have ever made it and nobody would ever want to see it. Pretty yeah, much. I mean, uh, a Holocaust comedy without a happy ending is not, you know, it, that's, that's not, the, no one really is up for that, I don't think. <laughs> um, but he did play Baron Frankenstein. Hammer did a pilot for a series called Tales of Frankenstein. Uh, which was going to be a TV show, and there's only the pilot is the only thing that ex- that they filmed. It never got commissioned. There were very few tales that Frankenstein could tell. Well, exactly. You know, it's I'll stitch this geezer together, and that's it. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he played Baron Frankenstein in that. It was going to be like a continuing series, but I mean, you had the films, and you had Peter Cushing playing him in the film. So it's not, Does that still exist, uh, any copies of that? Or is it... Yeah, yeah. I saw someone, because I, I looked into it, um, I, it's, I've seen, I've seen it, I don't know if it's over here, but I think there's, a, a, there's an American release and it's on a disc with the terror. Okay. You know, the Boris Karloff film. Yeah, yeah. So it's mental. What they've done is, is that very cleverly, you've got Tales of Frankenstein in big shouty letters at the top and a picture of Frankenstein's monster and then in really shouty letters at the bottom, Boris Karloff um, with uh, additional material, the terror starring just above it, really, really microscopically small. <laughs> so, yeah, I've tried yeah. to watch the terror about three times. Boris Karloff mm. and Jack Nicholson. Um, yes. And it's awful. It's not it's great. It's really boring. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame. 
but um, but no, it's not a great film. But yeah, so I know it's I know it's available. It, you know, it it was screened and it is available out there somewhere. So, I um, found a copy of that. Then, uh, then he was he was in the Hammer film, The Man Who Could Cheat Death. He was in Circus of Horrors, Where Eagles Dare, Faceless, Mark of the Devil Part Two. He's you know he he's got he's got his chops, but mostly, I mean, if he'd have been if the films had been early enough or he'd have been young enough, he'd have definitely been uh, the guy stitching people together in the human centipede. He just, (laughs) he specialized in his, his speciality was Nazis and mad scientists. So, and I can only think that that is uh, to do with the accent. He's been typecast then. That's a little bit harsh. Well, I mean, I think weirdly enough, I mean, this is one of the few films where he gets to play a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, or something approaching a good guy, I suppose. Um, but yeah, but I mean, he's he's very good. You, the um, obviously Peter Cushing played Doctor Who, so I was I was happy about that. But the guy who plays Paul Foot is a guy called Tom Chadbon, and he is uh, he played a character called Duggan in a in the serial City of Death, which was written by Douglas Adams. And is considered like one of the best, if not the best, of Doctor Who now and, and old. Okay. Um, and he's yeah, he's just basically this, but uh, like really uh, dopey private investigator. But he does manage to punch the villain out. That's how the world the world is won because they try and outsmart the villain in all many ways, and then Duggan lamps him. So nice. it's a it's a lovely feeling. Uh, but also, he he's one of the guys in uh, the Stone Tape. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's the guy who ends up screaming. You know, when they just bombard the ghost in the room and right, everything's yeah, yeah. going off, and there's yeah, one of them just falls to the front with his hand over his ears. That's yeah, that's Tom Chabon. Nice. Um, and he's also he was in Game of Thrones, and he is Inspector Hawkins in the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes. Towards the end, I think they didn't have the guy who played Lestrade, so they had um, various inspector, whatever, like Jenkins yeah. and Perkins and stuff. And yeah, he was like the police inspector that you saw for that final series for Memoirs. Oh. But, he, but he's a guy again where you just you see him everywhere. Yeah. You know? um, and then your final uh, contributor to Doctor Who is obviously Michael Gambon, who was in uh, one of the Christmas specials. Um, I did hear someone say something very true the other day, which was, uh, well, you've said it's not, it's, it's uh, one of the better Christmas specials, but that's like saying it's one of the better splattery shit you've ever had. So, <laughs> oh dear. Not yeah. specials. <laughs> they, 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 they just don't seem to go. But obviously, I suppose Michael Gambon, probably biggest known for Dumbledore now. Yes. He's the... Because he took over, I think it's the third film. Which one's Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah, three. Might be the third. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting three from the judges here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and so obviously he took over doing that, and then you've got the singing detective, uh, Cook the thief, his wife and her lover, which is fantastic because what a fucking arsehole he is in that. Oh really? Because usually, usually he plays sort of like avuncular figures or maybe a bit of menace or something like that. I mean, even in this, he's kind of shifty. Yeah. And you're not quite sure where you are with him. In the cook 
his wife, the thief, uh, the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover. He is a monster. Oh, really? He is just such a, a just such a scumbag prick. He really is, and he's just yeah, just such a tip box. Put that on our list to watch then, shall we? <laughs> yeah, but I was I was reminded of anything else. I mean, apart from if people I don't know, it might not be to everyone's taste, but the singing detective is fucking genius. Oh no, I've heard you mention that for yeah, for now, years and years. Yeah, no, it's kind of what it's kind of what you got famous with, like sort of Michael Gambon. But um, always remember the Greek myths. Uh, the you know the storyteller with John Hurt, where they used to do the old fairy stories, and it was oh, like yeah. Jim Henson's Creature Workshop. Yeah, mm. uh, Michael Gambon did a series called Greek Myths, which was the same lot, but they were doing the old Greek mythology. Uh-huh. They're all on Prime. Oh, okay. All of those are on Prime, and he. We don't talk about Prime. We don't talk about Prime, but the things we don't talk about, uh, Michael Gambon's very good on. Okay, uh, I'm sure they can yeah. be found elsewhere. Undoubtedly, yes. I think I th- I'm not sure about Greek myths because I know that that was always a bugger to find. Mm. But um, they have some incredible, uh, like puppetry on those things. Oh, like okay. you've got minor. To- the- their Medusa is. Okay, it's not Ray Harryhausen's, but it's bloody good. Okay. It really is. It just looks serpentine and horrid. So. I'll have to check that out also. Oh, definitely. Definitely do. Definitely do. Um, yeah, so I, I think overall this film holds up for me. I know it's, it is quite old now, and I think it's one of the... Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. I think it's one of the few... Amicus movies that isn't a portmanteau. Yeah, it's probably the best one that, of the ones they did. I think they only they only did a handful, and they're a bit hit and miss. Yeah, but I think I think this is this is definitely my preference. It's actually Amicus's last horror film. Oh, was it really? Yeah, this is the the last of the uh, of like certainly the last horror film that Amicus did before they sort of split up and went various different ways and stuff like that. But it's Interestingly enough, I know there's a werewolf story in Doctor Terror. Yeah, which I love. It's one of my yeah, stories. That is there. that is a great story. But the um, interestingly enough, I saw some. I saw an article where someone had pointed out that Hammer and Amicus only did one werewolf film a piece. Oh really? So Amicus yeah. did The Beast Must Die, and obviously Hammer did Curse of the Werewolf. Mm-hmm. But all their other stuff, obviously, they did multiple Draculas, multiple Frankenstein's, but they only ever did one werewolf. Getting a cape and some fangs way easier than getting a dog to wear a coat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I mean, the Hammer Wolfman, he, he's a standy up Wolfman. Oh. He looks very much like the one in Monster Squad. Yeah. Um, okay. although, although he was Ollie Reed, so probably there wasn't that much like work required, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Probably just like we left him, we left him eight bottles of Black Label and tore his shirt. We let him <laughs> we just let him run and shave him for a couple of days. So, but I think that um, yeah, I, I think again, I think Amicus. It was like they were always a bit more, you know, what's current, what's big, mm-hmm. and kind of seventy three. The horror bubble was really starting to go because I mean, by then you've had you've had the exorcist by then and stuff like that. So a lot of all the, the older Brit horror stuff was sort of on the wane. 
Mm. Um, it was an interesting thing. I was reading my Amicus, the studio that dripped blood book, and they've got quite a lot. A, a lot of that is sort of first-hand accounts from directors and producers and so on. Uh, but there was an interesting thing where the distributor of this was trying was fighting to get an X rating because they were like, "That's the only way you get a horror film." You know, people will go and see a horror film. Yeah. And they were basically begging the classification board to give them an X. And they were like, we can't give you an X because you haven't fulfilled that criteria. Yeah. And they were like, put some gore in it and we'll give you an X. And apparently this was like an ongoing thing that was happening with Amicus, but it was the distributor. It wasn't actually Amicus who was sort of into it. And Milton Sabotsky was like, oddly sort of how producers are now where he was like, I could never understand why they used to do that because it was, you can get more people in yeah. for, for a lower rating, you know, and, then, and that was where uh, Monster Squad came from. Yeah, of course. Uh, not Monster Squad, um, Monster Club. Because again, ah, that was yeah. like, you know, that was where he wanted to do, he was like, I've got X amount of scripts that would work as horror for children. Mm-hmm. But, you know, no one's interested. And I suppose, that, and it was interesting that the film classification board are kind of working with them and going, no, you need to, you need to jazz this up because if people go into an X, they expect something. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose if you've gone into an X and seen The Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. You and, know. and you watch The Beast Must Die, you, yeah. you come away like you're, you've been shortchanged. Yeah. Charles, Charles Gray lying in some ketchup. <laughs> just ain't gonna sell it you know it's not gonna it's not gonna do it for you so. um so anybody who hasn't seen it at this point this is the point at which to switch off and go and watch it because we are about to discuss what happens after the after famous the werewolf, werewolf break. break so so this is our werewolf break yes, yes. okay but well, incidentally the voiceover at the start that's valentine dial the original man in black from the radio mm. Oh, nice. So there we go. But um, the werewolf break. So, so this is our, our werewolf. werewolf break. Yeah. Is it Adam? Is it Chris? Is it Lee? He's it's quite hairy. Like me. It's never the you've woman. Got, yeah. You've got ears. <laughs> I have got ears on, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. It could, uh, couldn't, possibly away, really, so. couldn't possibly be me. I'm Sean. <laughs> Maybe that's to, you know, set us off your track because you've shaved ah. everything, including your hands. <laughs> yeah, it's behind you. My career? I did like with this the fact that they did do the twist where you found out who the werewolf is and then you're like, I can't be, yeah. It can't be. And then you find out, oh no, she's only been turned. So it mm. turns out it's the wife. She's yep. only been turned since the original werewolf. Mm. Uh, or didn't bite her, did he? Bit the dog. See, and this oh, was, yeah, mm. even better, yeah. This was my thing as well. <laughs> with the When I realised, I was like, do you know what? Um, uh, oh, what's his bloody name? Tom Nucleus. Yeah. I was like, he's definitely a knob. But the worst thing he did in all of this was when his own oh. pet dog needed putting down. And don't get me wrong, he's putting it out of its misery. Didn't say anything to it. No, no I'm really no. sorry, boy. No, you've been a good dog. No, nothing. Just right, oh. you back to the house. Gets his gun out. I keep explaining to Lee it. when he talks to the cats. They don't know what you're saying. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter to them. But it matters. I know that. But that's why. Well, if it doesn't matter to the dog, but I'll hit they, him. <laughs> they do know tone, though, don't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Or that's, no tone, no tone. They're just like, oh, it's all fine. It's all okay. That's why I only ever abuse my cats. I always Aww. talk shit to them all the time. But I do it in a cute voice so that they yeah. can be in love a little bit. They've, they've got no idea. Oh, Is that why you do it to Jennifer as well? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. She doesn't pay any attention to anything I say either. Oh, Lucy, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I totally, I could not remember. I don't remember, I didn't remember the dog buying it. So oh, really? apparently, apparently this does have the distinction of being the first film to feature a werewolf versus dog fight. Oh. Um, well, so, dog versus yeah. dog, as we now know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he ties it up by the bloody shed, I thought you twat. Yeah, you said, didn't yeah. you? you were like, oh, There's a bloody not... werewolf out and about, and you're tying yeah. it up to a yeah, dickhead. Oh, you know, it was the dog's fault because she had a cut on her hand, and then she yeah. touched the dog, and the blood from the werewolf... But, you know, we know a lot about how viruses spread now. So yeah, it spread really we, super We fast, need to be less, really? yeah. uh, <laughs> less suspicious than we would have been. Right, so <laughs> what were people, who did people have touted? Because I, I remembered, yeah. I remembered it was the wife. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I remembered her. And but I couldn't remember. remember who it was other than that. No, I no. didn't either. Um, uh, Chris, what, who did yeah. you suspect? Uh, see, that was the trouble because I had that in my mind, and it was like, now I'm second guessing, and I yeah. I think that's. I don't think they've done that intentionally, but I think that's brilliant because that's what always happens. You always yeah. remember it's the wife, and then this yeah. is the fourth time I've seen this film, and you yeah. always go, "It's the wife." And you go, Hang on a minute, it's still twenty minutes there. Yeah. This doesn't yeah. work. Well, it's because either you're going for the two they push you towards. Mm. And you fall for the first one because they really zoom in on him first as well in the werewolf break. Yeah. Or you play the other game and go, well, it can't be those two because they're making it too obvious. And then you go for mm. someone else entirely. So, yeah, I think I think this is what happened with Claire. Claire thought yeah. it was the Cush. Uh, yeah. She suspected Cushing. Such a twist. Too much of a twist, <laughs> yeah. but yes. Well, he's an expert on it. Uh, yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. He's got a bin, yeah. See that was that was the double bluff, Claire. Like uh, clue. Oh, like clue. Yeah, <laughs> just playing randomly. Claire was thinking mm -hmm. about this. I think possibly more than anyone who made the film, <laughs> um, <laughs> because she pointed out that at one point she was like, Peter Cushing is always smoking whenever the wolfsbane is around. Oh. Is he using oh. that to dampen the oh. effect? And it's like, and now I look. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, the Cush was just like. Oh, I'll have a fag. Just chaining it. <laughs> yeah, just, he's just chaining it. People yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's sort of, so, yeah, bless her. I think Claire was thinking about this far deep, far more deeply than mm. anyone involved with the film at any point. <laughs> oh. so, <laughs> but, um, but the upshot was she did enjoy it. Good. Because it's bloody daft. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is a daft film, and it's... It's one of those because was it you said something about it being kind of tonguey? Oh, because you said about the music when I was oh, like, yeah. oh, music, and the you said, well, silly. it's because it's supposed it? to be, yeah. and I was like, no, I don't think it was at the we time. I think, sure. I, I think they were genuinely going for action. I don't oh, think yeah. they were going for, I don't think they were going dark place. I think they would like, <laughs> yeah. or black dynamite would probably be the nearer sort of equivalent. I don't think they were going in those terms. I just genuinely think they were like, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the car chase that everyone's going to be shitting their knickers about. Oh, fuck James Bond. <laughs> this is an Oscar for sure. This is Aww. best car chase in a moving werewolf picture. <laughs> yeah, this for me is a 
great film because it's it look what it is it's a great sunday movie like mm. it's sunday afternoon you've had a hectic saturday you know you've been out or whatever and sunday you're like right today's a write-off i'm just staying on the sofa i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna relax and yeah this is a great film to put on in on an afternoon on a sunday i think for me it's mm. uh yeah turn your brain off Dumb as dog shit, but it's entertaining and it's fun and it's yeah, yeah. and it's, it's enough music to keep you awake. The jazz kicks in every now and again just as you're dozing yeah. off. <laughs> and the performances are great. Like, yeah, like great cast. Everybody, it's yeah, everyone really makes a great. And it, it's yeah, it, it's a great it's amicus watchable, movie. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And mm. it's a shame. I'd like Amicus to have done more movies like this, where it was, where it was all right, still kind of. Um, Serious? No. Not serious. <laughs> Funny. Humorous. Scary. <laughs> uh, running out of terms now. Are you just going through tags on IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to let her keep going and see where she ended. Um, but yeah, no, so going for like one solid story and going for something that's a little bit gimmicky, but still mm. quite like, fairly serious. And, and, and I like that about it. I think it's got enough, it's got enough gimmick and it's got enough campness. <laughs> But equally, it's 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 a, it's still a solid film. It doesn't feel cheap or yeah, it doesn't. Feel, and the thing is, it doesn't feel like it's. I don't think you could have done this as a segment. No, because that no. would be far too fast. Well, the build yeah. up, I think, don't you? You need that. Yeah, yeah. you do need what's there. Mm. Mm. Um, but no, I agree. I think it's just a nice bit of uh, a nice bit of well, just throw away fun but you don't throw it away because you watch it every three years mm-hmm. I know yeah. that's what I do <laughs> and forget the engine yeah yeah. <laughs> and I'd love that I'd, I'd like to think they did that intentionally I'm fairly certain they didn't but yeah the thought that they put in the big reveal of, oh, that's not who I thought it was just so that you could get and you can go back and re-watch it more to be fair I go back and re-read Agatha Christie's and re-watch them <laughs> and I still never remember who it is <laughs> but you know <laughs> Um, yeah, so thank you very much, Claire, for recommending this. Yeah. Um, and thank you also, uh, previous guest, Adam, for getting massively excited when we mentioned this on the <laughs> <laughs> um, Nice. Has he seen it then, and that's why he's excited, or yes. the idea of it? Yeah, so I think oh, that was what okay. kind of cemented it as, yeah, it's definitely got to be in there. Claire said it, and we were like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and Adam was like, oh. <gasps> So yeah, it's uh, oh, I also good. liked it's. It's got the classic maximum overdrive to it. Oh, it has to have its. It's name got the mentioned. yes, the name mentioned in the film. Is yeah, well, I was pleased to see that. Or is that just a coincidence that? <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I think obviously they because the the short story's got like there shall be no darkness is the yeah. title of the story. The beast must die. You, that 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 is arresting. <laughs> That's what that you want to see. That, yeah. that fits the music, doesn't it? That fits that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> the beast must die, or at least the composer. <laughs> so just remind me, the other amicus we saw was Dr. Terror's House of Horror. Yes, that's mm. correct. And so is that was just the two, is it? Are there any others? There's a lot more. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, so, so I mean, others that we saw. No. Um, I don't think we've watched no. any others... Which is a shame because we really do need to. Mm. I would. I mean, I'd happily cover all of Amicus. 
Yeah. Um, certainly all the anthology stuff, like I say, I mean, the, stand, the standalone movies, they're a bit take it or leave it. I think this is one of the few ones, because they did a lot of sci-fi as well. Mm. And I think that this is one of the few horror ones that's set in the present day or the then present day. Yeah. Because mm. uh, a, a, a lot of their ones, I think they sort of tended to be when they did a, like there's, what is it? And now the screaming starts. Yeah. Um, which is sort of, you know, sort of middle ages set or I think or Victorian set. I can't remember. Mm. One of those. It, it, it's it's somewhere with wooden doors. Uh, yeah. so the trouble is you don't know how old um. the house is. You know what I mean? So, but it's um, yeah. I we still need to do because I think, like I say, I think that there is there's so much to enjoy in the Amica stuff that uh, though. I don't. I don't know the way because I mean, obviously, my loyalty will always be to Hammer. Mm. But I, the only thing I think with Hammer is Hammer sort of played it straight a bit too often. Mm. Mm. Whereas I think Amicus tended to have more. You had more invention and also I the anthology. Risk. Well, I think it's also just the anthology stuff gives you chance to stick. Like there is no way half of Doctor Terror's House of Horror could be a long form movie no like the werewolf one or something like that but like the killer plant one is perfect at 15 minutes yeah mm. but there is no way that would be the stupidest damn film you'd ever see it's called if it was little shop of horrors yeah <laughs> well, <it's> just... <laughs> but songs in it and it drags it out to a whole film <laughs> yeah but i think there's yeah i think a lot of their i mean yeah like stuff like um uh, what is it like Asylum House that Drip Blood uh, yeah, I've, Monster Club I've got to say personally I prefer Amicus to Hammer because I mm. like the anthology movies yeah um, which is a shame that Hammer never really did anything like that no exactly because I think they could have done an absolutely fantastic job of it but yeah they decided very much to stick with their right Frankenstein works Dracula works, let's kind of keep that going as long as we can. Whereas yeah. with Amicus, it, were trying new stuff all the time. As you say, it was basically whatever, you know, the flavour of the month was, all right, we'll just stick with that and we'll write something. I will take a script and kind of hodgepodge it together so it works with whatever. Um, mm. But yeah, somehow they just managed to turn out these fantastic movies one after the other and i just yeah i'm an absolute sucker for them every time yeah because i think I, I think yeah i'm probably with you actually i think hammer hammer is obviously the name hmm. um but once you get past that sort of period where you've got the gorgon you know they still could hit out some lovely stuff like plague of zombies their one stands are still great hmm. but a lot of the when they just go into the series they tend to they do, it is proper diminishing returns, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't get better. I mean, obviously Dracula AD 1972 is something completely different. But, yeah, they don't tend to sort of, they don't seem as inventive. No, no, they don't. But as you say, like they're one-offs. So, yeah, I mean, a devil rides out, obviously, we've uh, yep. talked about previously. Um, 
yeah, and as you say, Plague of Zombies was great. Uh, the Nanny was fantastic. I know it's a different yep. style of horror, but yeah, what an absolutely fantastic movie that was. Mm. Um, yeah, so they've got they've got a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, did they do the skull? That's Amicus. I think oh, that's Amicus. Oh, there you go. So yeah. So that again. yeah, um, and and again, I think that that's you've got. And then you had all the sort of weird ones like Tygon and so on, who was sort of like. I always all these... Tygon a little bit. I don't know. A bit. It sounds like strange words, but but kind of spiteful. Like they were always the very violent, unpleasant. They're they're much. They're much crueler. I know yeah. what you mean. They do have a, an edge to them. I mean, I the, the ghoul, which I absolutely adore, by them, um, is. Genuinely a horrible film, <laughs> yeah. but it sort of yeah, it just happens to work for me. But I mean, you've I mean you've got other stuff with them like Blood on Satan's Claw, which is obviously just brilliant. Yeah. Um, but then Blood on Satan's Claw was originally a anthology movie, which is probably why it works. You know, because you've got three distinct bits to the story where they just decided, oh well, we might as well just ram it all together. Yeah. Because they weren't. I don't think it was. It wasn't like say. What? So you're telling me that you've got werewolves and killer plants <laughs> in the same world? You know, it wasn't or and uh, possessed voodoo trumpeters. So. Like one of my favourite elements of that, uh, and it's funny actually. That's what the music on this kept making me think of <laughs> was, yeah, him playing that Haitian voodoo, yeah, song. The whole way, and that was what kept making me laugh and making me think of other films, which is always yeah. distracting. Well, maybe maybe what we'll do is, is we'll we'll uh, we'll have to do we'll have to do an, an anthology again soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, one one. I mean, there's so many to pick with Amicus. That is, yeah. yeah. Definitely sounds good. Um, so for next week, however, um, we have decided. Uh, as hinted at earlier, um, Lady Jennifer and I recently watched Stoker again, um, mm -hmm. and neither Adam nor Chris have seen it. Uh, and I'd love to get, I really think Adam would appreciate it. Oh, I'd love to get yes. his take yeah, on it. I think Chris would as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think they both would. I think yes. it's a much more intelligent, and I think it's probably more intelligent than I'm aware of. There's a lot <laughs> more of, intelligent than you are, darling. Yeah. Oh, is that what you mean? There's a lot of symbolism. <laughs> going on yeah. that I'm sure is I'm not picking up on but these two will tell us I'm sure they will <laughs> um but yeah so we're gonna watch Stoker as our next movie excellent cool. um so it, I'm, it I'm looking forward to it especially because I think it's an unusual one to come from you Lee as well hmm. where it's yeah, yeah I think he would have liked it necessarily I thought yeah that's a bit too and it, it, it to be fair to be fair, yeah, um, fair I'm fair. not sure how horror it necessarily is compared to the, compared to the stuff we normally do. I mean, uh, I think it's a different genre of horror. I would yeah, call it. I mean, yeah, mm. it is. It's, um, but yeah, it's a fantastic film. And as I say, I just I watched it when it first came out and really enjoyed it. Mm. We rewatched it again recently because we didn't remember anything about it whatsoever. Um, and then having rewatched it, I was like, oh, the guys have just loved this. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's why we're going to redo it. So nice. 
Well, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. It is a absolute. To be honest, I was convinced I'd seen it until you mentioned it, and then I was like, oh. "That's not." I've heard the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. It's because the name of it doesn't make any sense to you know. It doesn't make you think, "Oh, it's that film." We're just like, well, "What even is that?" Yeah, but, it kind of has mm. no importance. No. So it immediately makes you think of obviously Bram Stoker and that whole. But actually, the name. I thought it was a three-hour documentary about a bloke. Shoveling coals on a train. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch that one by mistake. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, thank you ever so much, everybody, for listening. Um, and we will see you all, we'll speak to you all mm-hmm. next week, is probably more accurate. Um, so, go and check out The Beast Must Die if you have not. Uh, go and check out Stoker so that you can follow along with our. Uh, appreciation of it hopefully yeah um, well, who knows don't forget send us your hashtag ask welcome to horror questions uh, and comment below let us know if you agree or disagree or uh, if you think the Sweeney soundtrack is the best thing about this movie uh, <laughs> we'll see you all in a week's time thanks so much for listening night bye, bye. bye. <laughs>